The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one, while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. Hamish, can I get you a cup of tea before we start? No. Biscuit? No, thank you. What about a little back rub? Would you like a back rub? Um. What about if I do your tax returns for you? Would you like that? Would you like me more if I do your tax returns? Go on, Hamish. What, what do you want? Why are you acting weird? <laughs> I think <laughs> I'm just displaying my people-pleasing ways to you. Ah, oh, okay, I see. Vic and I are just two complicated humans that struggle with many aspects of life. That is why we love doing this podcast. We're interested in who we are, why we act like we do, and how we can change our ingrained character traits and habits. Yep, I'm a people pleaser. I know it. It's not right. And I hate it about myself. So in this episode, we want to look into this trait and unravel why it resides in some of us sober people. It kind of follows on from our friendship episodes that were so popular a couple of months ago. It's a phrase that comes up a lot on Sober Awkward. The term people pleaser appears in a lot of episodes. But what does it mean? And how does it affect us sober people? So today we want to find out more about what being a people pleaser is and if it's a positive attribute, a negative personality feature, or just being overly socially conscious. Hmm. The reason we want to investigate this term today is because we throw this term around and both of us are unsure of the part it plays. I know Hamish would say he likes the way I call and text and run around like a lunatic and be everyone's friend, but I find this trait quite exhausting and sometimes quite disappointing. I translate it as being someone that is eager to make others happy and I can't see anything wrong with that. I'm interested in when people please and goes from being okay to overstepping the mark and becoming detrimental. Yeah, I know my people pleasing comes from a good place, but I can see that it leaves me vulnerable at times. I think, Hame, this is going to be another one of those episodes where we're both learning on the go. So stay tuned as we try to uncover why we people please and how not texting back can actually make you feel quite empowered. Not that I could ever do it. No, not could I. I couldn't leave a text back for like more than... 30 seconds. Have you ever been ghosted yourself, though? All the time. (laughs) Sometimes people never text me back and I never see them again. That's the end of our friendship. It happens all the time. (laughs) Your face. All the time. It makes me feel sorry for you. Well, at least a couple of times a year. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But are you sending out too many texts? Probably. Are you firing out 100 a day and then not getting answers from two? Yeah, it comes back to our friendship. It's like, (laughs) I can't understand why people don't want to be best friends with me. It's really sad. Okay. You so, know that sounds like a cry for help. You know that people listening to this are going to reach out. I'll be your best friend, Vic. I know they are. Yeah. So you can be. And I probably won't text you back either. It's no, kind of like I, got I've learned bad habits. Yeah. Actually, don't do that because then I will feel like I have to be your friend. And then it's just another thing I'm doing for someone else. And I, I'm just too busy. So yeah, I would love to be your friend, but I don't have time. Let's just end it. Just Let's not even bother starting the ghosting relationship before it's even begun. Being a people pleaser does make me feel drained and disrespected at times. And actually, I'm fed up with it. I think I'm done being a people pleaser, as long as everyone's okay with that. (laughs) Mm. I like what you've done there. Thank you. The definition of a people pleaser. Here we go. Someone or something that pleases or wants to please people. Makes sense. 
or a breed of dog that's a people pleaser. No, that's that's not it, Vic. Although you did once say that you were like a friendly Labrador. Yeah, I'm like a friendly Labrador. What dog would you be? Should we do a whole episode on dogs? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love I, dogs. I would be, well, a pug is my favourite dog. Mm, you um, don't look like a pug, though. No, but a pug is all personality, no looks. Yes. I mean, everyone wants to be. Well, that works. Everyone wants to be. <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants to be a Labrador yeah. or a Golden Retriever. That's clearly the the top of the pile in I terms think you're of dogs. a pointer pointless, <laughs> pointless yeah. I don't know what well, go on what dog Afghan uh, hound no I'm, I'm sticking with pug I you're like not pug, pug. Oh, I'm short with a weird bum oh yeah you are actually <laughs> <laughs> not even short but weird bum always <laughs> sniffing around for some food <laughs> but the real definition of a people pleaser I think is a person who has an emotional need to please others often at the expense of his or her own needs and desires yes but being a people pleaser isn't all bad it shows that you're a caring person who values social connections and enjoys making others happy okay so let's start with finding out about our own people-pleasing ways, Hamish, what are some traits that you have in your sobriety or when a drinker that you recognise are a bit people-pleasing? Okay, so the first one is that I stick to plans to my detriment. I was brought up that changing plans or last-minute cancellations oh, are like as bad as it gets. Yep. It's particularly my mum because she saw like people being late. She goes, if you're late... That is you valuing your time more than my time. Okay. The ultimate in rudeness. So I find myself turning up to everything. You know, if you said to me, hey, Haim, come to dinner at ours in three weeks, and then Sonny was sick as a dog the day before, because I said yes, I would be there. I'm the same. And that is good humaning in one in one way. I guess it's it's polite. It makes you a reliable friend. But it also makes you, I think you need to be more flexible to like read the situation. Oh, no, my child is sick or, you know, my, something's happened and I have to cancel. I, I honestly don't know. I can't think of any time I've ever cancelled. Sometimes Liz has been like, we need to cancel and she will lead to the cancellation process. <laughs> yes. And I'll go along. Um, but I don't think I've ever cancelled on anything. I don't cancel either. Yeah. I feel you in that one. I find it weird when people cancel last minute with some bullshit excuses. I'd rather yeah. they didn't send me excuses. I'd rather they said I'm not coming. Because then it's like, oh, I've got this on and then I've done that. And then I'm just like, it doesn't mean anything. Your bullshit excuse doesn't mean anything because yeah. I would be there. But that is people pleasing. That it is, is, I know putting it is. someone else's interests over your own. And actually, yeah. you know, you and I are similar in this way, but lots of like people that aren't us are used to lots of cancellations. Yes. And probably don't care too much. No. Like, yeah, sweet, this happens all the time. Like it's ten our people, issue. Two people cancel, that's cool, that's just life. Yeah. Um, I think people are slightly more understanding when you have a young child. So I kind of feel like I could cancel more now because I've got a tiny child. Yeah. If the three of us don't sleep the night before, we'll be fucking awful at your party anyway. Yeah. So I guess that buys you a little bit of leniency, but that is like the, up there with the number one things of my people pleasing. I think on this podcast, what we're going to say is like, we're not saying that the people that are not the people pleasers are wrong. Mm. We're just delving into ourselves and me and Hamish, we recognise ourselves as people pleasers. So we've only got one point of view here. What you're saying there is the people that cancel, it's casual for them. So therefore they can cancel and people that mm -hmm. they know can cancel. Mm -hmm. But for us, it's not so casual and we get disappointed. So therefore it becomes a bigger thing. And I wish I wasn't like that. No, but it's not black and white. What I've just described there People pleasing is overlapping with good manners. Yeah. So, you know, they're, two, they're one and the same thing in that way. Yes, I have good manners, but that's also got me to being a bit of a people pleaser. Yeah. Because having, like, being regarded as someone polite with good manners is more important to me than my own needs and desires sometimes. Same. Uh, another one is that I often do what I feel is right over what I want to do. So that's the pug in you, I think. That is the pug in me, yeah. <laughs> So I want to see if I can give you a real life example of this. The day you lost your ball. The day I lost my balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, let's say that your dad is sick. Okay? Yeah. Heaven forbid, your dad is sick. Yeah. And I've said, look, let's go for a walk next Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, we can have it out. And if you need a bit of emotional support, then I'll be there. And then something happens to me on Friday, which means I absolutely should not go on Saturday. I would still go on Saturday because mm. it's the right thing to do. I, com it's, I guess it's still kind of the committed thing, but it's more so I feel like morally and ethically doing the right thing is more important, again, than like what I actually might want to need or do on that specific day. 
Now, for me, I'm usually energised by being around people. It's a way that me and my, my wife slightly differ. I'm energised by being around people. If I'm tired and go to a social event, I feel re-energised, whereas for her, it, it slightly exhausts her. But with that being said, I do often feel as if I dish myself out to too many people to the point that I leave myself exhausted. So I could be better at prioritising who I spend my energy tokens on. Oh, can and I? You only have a certain amount of energy tokens. Yes. And I feel like I'm just dish them out. Yeah. And you suddenly think, oh, God, I've spent all of my tokens on not always the most important people in my life and that I'm exhausted and, and useless. Um, so that's definitely one that I do. In my career, I always feel as if I put my hand up to do extra work or to work for free just to not be a problem. And that idea, again, like I don't want to rock the boat, has cost me probably both in terms of progressing in my career or certainly financially it's cost me. My husband is very similar to you where he's the go-to guy. He was in sort of uh, operations manager job at a computer company, so, but he would find that he would never be the person who moved up because everyone needed him mm. everywhere all the time. And he was kind of the, you know, the underdog, I guess, a little bit because no one allowed him to progress in his work. Yeah. It almost walked over him because of that. I don't know he was a- so reliable that they just never, yeah. ever sort of pushed him in the right direction. British thing? I don't know. And I, I know that that gets said a lot. You always read about how men, you know, in terms of stereotypically are better at like asking for pay rises than women. But I'm hopeless at going into a meeting and being like, this is what I'm worth. This is what you should pay me. Give me a promotion or a pay rise. Like, I find that very difficult. Or I've never done it. I think and he's I, similar to you. I wonder if it's a British thing or just yet, yeah. yeah, John and I might be similar I think you are way. quite similar in that respect. I just think he didn't want to rock the boat. He always wanted everybody at his workplace to be happy, but it cost him financially. Yeah. In the end, he got fed up of being walked over all the time in every job that he was in mm. and ended up working for himself, which works much better because it's up to him how he progresses then. So, yeah, it can affect all types of situations yeah. as people-pleasing, can't it? Well, my, the last point I wanted to make is that I rotate my socks so that none of them feel left out. Do you have this? So I've got no. I've got lots of socks yeah. and I feel like I'm start using the same ones over and over again and I feel like the ones that I don't use feel sad about it. So mm. I will sometimes wear a different sock that's not my favourite sock mm. or I don't even really like it um, and it doesn't go well with I'm wearing shorts that day and it's a mm. colourful sock. I go, well, it, it needs a run out. Okay, that, that's sock pleasing. It's sock pleasing. Yeah, it's different. Which is next week's episode, yeah, sock next pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> sock pleasing is a different thing. <laughs> I thought we deserved to mention. Sock pleasing is something else that we won't talk about. (laughs) No. (laughs) What what about you? How do you, how does your people pleasing look? Well, before um, we just had a bit of a run through of what we're going to talk about today. And my list here was so long that I think I'm going to have to like cut it down a bit. I think I've made four points and Vix is almost exactly a page of A4. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Settle in, settle in, folks. So I wanted to tell a story here, which made me feel quite humiliated. And this is a perfect example of how I people please. Okay. okay. So I have all of these communities that I run. I have a Facebook group. I have a the Cuppa Dot community, which is like the social network for sober people. I have all of these things going on, which I have a sort of sense of responsibility over. Mm. One day on my women's group, which is Drunk Mummy, Sober Mummy, the group, which is my women's Facebook group for yep. women struggling with alcohol. And somebody on there was having a shit day and was struggling. And she lived, I think she lived in England or something. And it was the right time. And I thought, I'm going to call her. Mm -hmm. I'm going to phone this person up that I've never met who is in my group and see if she's okay. Okay. Right. I phoned her up. I can see the danger here. Yeah, I phoned her up and she was like, why the fuck are you calling me? I was like... Well, I just saw that you were having a really bad day and I just thought you might want to chat with someone and and here Mm. I am sort of thing. And she was like, please, please don't call me. This is overstepping my boundaries and sort of put the phone down. Mm. And I was so embarrassed. Like I'm blushing now thinking about it. Like for me, I'm stupid sometimes. Like I don't know where the lines are drawn with people and I overstep situations when I could have just gone, sent her a little message and said, if you ever, you know, want to ask me any questions, I could have done it in a different way. That is interesting. Yeah, I I think I do the same thing. What that is, is trying to solve people's problems when actually they might just need an ear. They might just need to vent. They might just need support. They don't, they might not want you to come in and start firing ideas of them how to no. fix their day. I don't but, think I was even going to do that. I think I just was like, I'm offering myself as a sounding yeah. board to her, which I felt like was the right thing well, to nine do. nine out of ten people probably would have liked you to do that, actually. Right. I still think 
as an act, separate from the situation how it played out, that was a good thing to do. Mm. But humans aren't that straightforward. No, they're not, are that they? Is, that is quite a story. Yeah, so that is a perfect example of yeah. the things that I do that are completely overstepping the mark and and leave me feeling vulnerable. Yeah. And yeah. so I've put myself in a situation where I end up feeling like shit mm. because I've tried to do something nice. And that, you know, I just think I'm trying to do things nice. Whereas in fact, people are like, oh, that's a bit weird. Like back off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really hurtful. It makes me feel sick it even is. thinking and about that, it. And yeah. that's no, I mean, that's not a criticism of them. No, no, it's not. Of course it's totally not. No, she had every well. right to do that to yeah. me. And afterwards, I'd, I didn't email her again or anything. I just was like, oh, God, this is awful. Anyway, uh, the other thing that I do, which is very common, is I over-invite people to parties. Okay. So I well, have a limit. You literally did that. I literally did that with 782 <laughs> people on my Facebook page the other day, but that was an accident. But generally, if I have a party, right, I have a limit. So I say, right, I'm going to invite 20 people over. But then... I see another person and I'm like, well, they would probably want to come. And what if they find out that I've invited that person and then they feel left out? So then I'm taking on the responsibility via someone else of somebody that I might know as an acquaintance to say, right, oh, do you want to come to my parties? Well, I'm having a party on this day. So I end up inviting everybody. I'm like my mum. She invited her Mm. cleaners to my wedding. (laughs) I was like, why the fuck have you invited the cleaner? I don't even know her. It's interesting, actually, because you like hosting parties. You and John host fantastic parties at your house but I actually think as a people pleaser hosting a party is a nightmare because I find that I don't enjoy it if there's four or five people and you can have one conversation I enjoy it but if there's 20 30 40 like like your parties often are then you spend the whole night trying to talk to everyone uh, is everyone mixing are they only speaking yeah. to their husband they, is that person having a good time and actually I don't enjoy that party and a lot of people say they don't enjoy their weddings probably yeah. for a similar reason and I think being a people pleaser and a host of parties is actually a recipe for disaster. Okay, so having a party is like the epitome of what a people pleaser should not do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because yeah. that party I had a couple of weeks ago, like I tried to enjoy myself. Yeah. So a lot of people didn't turn up. A lot of people didn't text to tell me they weren't coming. Yeah, you know, it's the first thing you said when I walked in the door. Yeah. You said 12 people have cancelled. Yeah. Or more of them. Well, yeah, 12 so couples it might be. So instead of concentrating on the people that were there yeah, yeah. and having a good time, I was disappointed by the people that hadn't shown up or yeah. texted. Yeah. So I'm already putting myself on the back foot there. Mm-hmm. And then I spent the whole evening running around making sure everyone was okay Mm. I wasn't really present in the situation and afterwards I sat on the couch exhausted and just went I'm never fucking doing that again but I loved it like some aspects of it I relaxed and loved it because I I saw everyone was having a good time and that made me happy Mm. so there you go even just that one line there I realised how I sound like a people pleaser everyone there having a good time was enough to make me say well that was a good party well I guess on the other side of the coin throwing a party is what people pleasers do I want to be the host that makes everyone happy and they're all grateful for me for being the host of the party. Yeah, it's really So it's up. it's sort of a, a difficult yeah. road to walk down hosting yeah. a party if you're Especially a Especially if people don't turn up and like you feel like you've put a load of effort in. Yeah, yeah. But then you've just got to be happy for the people that were there, which I was and I love and all the people that were there. Us there. I know, it's so yeah. weird. I'm really weird. Well, actually, you said your cleaner came to your wedding. At that party, the Airbnb people... People that rented the Airbnb <laughs> on the opposite side of the street just for the weekend. I invited yeah. them. Yeah. I went over there. You are I your mother's daughter. I, uh, I thought it was going to be noisy, so I thought, I better go and tell the neighbours and invite them if they want to come over for a drink. Anyway, of course, it was alcohol-free drinks, everybody. But maybe that's why people didn't turn up. That is a good thing, though. Perhaps people think that if they're coming to a party at my house, there's going to be no alcohol. But, of course, you know, people, mm. I say, bring your own booze if you want to drink. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. But I wonder whether people are more conscious about their drinking coming into Possibly. my house so that could be a reason sometimes I buy gifts for people I don't really know (laughs) because I think it'll make them happy well it would make them happy yeah but it's not right is it can you give me an example of the person that you know the least that you've bought a gift for and what the gift was I took some Vegemite into the dinner lady at school last week because they had it on a list that was sent out in the newsletter and they said they needed Vegemite, so I went and bought Vegemite at the shop and then gave it oh, to her. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a random act of kindness yeah. rather than a gift for a stranger. Okay, well, that's all right then. I'm trying to think of other gifts that I've given. I mean, I do it quite a lot. So there's so many. I remember I gave Anita, hello Anita, when I had never met her. It was her sober anniversary for a year and I sent her a beautiful pair of earrings. Oh, wow. In the yeah, post. It's quite intense. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so people pleasing. Oh, God. 
This one is going to events I don't want to go to and on podcasts I don't have time for. Yes. I do it all the you time. You do that all the time. I can't yeah. say no. I think, God, if people want to hear my story, that's what I'm here to do. And I'm this week I got up at 5am to be on a podcast in Canada and the woman didn't show up. Yeah. So there I was in my people-pleasy lounge yeah. on my own at five o'clock in the morning with no one there. Yeah. Always being on time like you, Hamish, means I wait around for people and get annoyed. Yes. Being too reliable. Um, when I have my meetups, I always turn up and sometimes no one does and I end up sitting in a cafe on my own mm. because I can't bear the thought of someone coming that has just given up drinking <laughs> yes. and someone not being there to meet I them. I have that thought process yeah. all the time. I mean, it's, so what I'm doing is there, let me just repeat this to you, I can't bear the thought of someone not coming and someone else having to sit in a cafe on their own. So you sit in a cafe by yourself. Yeah. 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 You take the bullet. Yeah. So I sit in a cafe on my own because yeah. I can't bear the thought of someone else sitting in a cafe on their own. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm not sure I want to go. I think I want to leave. I'm not sure I really want to go on with this, sis, because I'm no, finding myself slightly excruciating. <laughs> putting too much effort into events and realising no one really cares. Like, I don't know, whatever yeah. that could be, a lunch or anything sure. or presents or whatever. Uh, I only partly agree with that one. Okay. Because you get the people that know parties or that host parties that really appreciate yes. the little things. Yes, that's true. Yeah, my sister always notices everything I've done. Yeah. When she comes around, she's like, oh, you put that up and you did that. And it's like, oh, yeah, someone notices. Mm. Overcooking, this is another trait from my mother. If there are five people coming, I cater for 20 because I can't bear the thought of somebody not having enough food mm. or being hungry when they've come into my house. And I used to be the same with alcohol. If someone was coming around, I couldn't bear the thought of saying, I'm oh, sorry, I've run out. So I'd make sure I'd have loads in the house. Checking follows and likes on socials. We're going to get into that a bit later on. Yes. Very toxic, but I can't help it. One loss, I'm wounded. I know. This morning you said, oh, I did yeah. a post and I lost three three followers. I've got no idea what, what the followers are. Yeah. I don't track it, but yeah, that I, is... It's an addiction. It's one addiction for the other. We're going to do a whole podcast yeah, about we will, that. we will. <laughs> Always replying to text straight away. We've talked about that one. Feeling anxious about friendships a lot. Assume everyone hates me a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my guess. Spend time with people that just want something from me. Right. I do that a lot nowadays which really? I'm trying to be better at getting much better at all of these due to my sobriety but I do still have these weird habits well you say they're weird I think anyone listening could relate to at least one of those points each I'm hoping so yeah I reckon everyone's got a little if you don't have any kind of people pleasy characteristics you're probably a serial killer yeah I mean, who doesn't <laughs> want people to be happy yeah, true. It's kind of like a psychopathic thing yeah. if you didn't want someone to be happy in some way for or something. Or you're just very egocentric and very Narcissistic, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Anyway, sorry if you're listening and thought, I don't have any of those. We've just called you a narcissistic psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Forgive us. So let's see how these relate to the actual traits of a people pleaser and compare them to ourselves. Now, this next bit, we've got 10 points, I think it is. They're taken from psychology today. Vic? I had to bring in the big guns for this one. Yeah, psychology today, that sounds like a very big, important thing. Yeah. I'm going to get a pen and paper out now, Hamish, because I think a few of these are going to describe probably both of us. Yeah, we'll see what our score is. I reckon our score is going to be... <laughs> 10 out of 10. It's going to be above 9. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the first, oh, you have the first point. Oh, yes. You pretend to agree with everyone. Yep. Yeah, 100%. 100%, yep. yep. Funnily enough, I told the story on the podcast before about when I joined that football team and the guy made a homophobic comment. Yes. I didn't say anything. I also met someone... Recently, it was like a friend of a friend and they sent a racist comment. And, and oh I, I, because they were a friend of a friend, yeah. I didn't interject. Actually, yeah. even being a stranger, I, I'm not sure if I'd have been brave enough to interject. But I was like, well, I can't say anything because then it'd be awkward. Yeah. You're a friend of a friend, I can't say, oi, because then it will come back to the mutual friend and then it will be uncomfortable. Yeah. The second point is you feel responsible for how others feel. Yeah, for sure. Just wanting to make others happy. Mm -hmm. You apologise often. I'm oh, sorry, Hamish, I didn't this do that. This is British, isn't yeah, it? very British. I remember, I remember reading a book um, that was, it was called An Englishman in Paris. Oh, yeah, that was no. Comedy, it was a really good book. Um, and they talked about, you can you can spot the English person by if you walk along a row in a cinema and you bump into every single person, the person that apologises to you for them bumping into you, that's the British person. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. In fact, all of these are describing <laughs> English people, aren't they? <laughs> Uh, you feel burdened by the things you have to do. Okay, that's yeah. Sort of it's interesting that right. that filters into people-pleasing, yeah. isn't it? Because that's yeah. so me. You can't say no. We, we both have that part. Yeah. 
That should be worth more than one point. Yeah, that should yeah. be like double points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you feel uncomfortable if someone is angry at you. So I've true. Said this. Yeah. I've already said this about arguments on the last podcast. You act like the people around you. Now, I used to call that mm. being a social butterfly or a chameleon or all of these things. Yeah. Like you're trying to kind of or morph mirroring. yourself. That's or mirroring, good, yeah. yeah. Morphing yourself into a different character so that everyone else is happy, which is something I did throughout my drinking years. And even in sobriety, I still go out now like you do mm. feel this responsibility that I have to be this fun person in front of people and faking it a bit just to make other people happy yeah I think it's easy for that to be labeled a bad thing I kind of love the fact that I'm able to get on with a wide range of people yeah and I guess one of the ways that you do get on with a wide range of people is maybe by acting a little bit like them I hope it's not I hope yeah. it's more that I just have a open mind and I'm open to people, but I guess slightly changing your personality depending on who you're hanging out with can help you have a broader range of friends. What you're describing there, okay, which I'm just realising as you're talking. So when I meet someone for the first time, I try and find a commonality. Yep. So with you and I, it was that we'd both clown lived school. in France yep. and we'd gone to clown school, a <laughs> random thing. Sure. But whenever I meet someone for the first time, if they tell a story and it's interesting, then I will tell a similar story. Yes. And my friendship or relationship with that person is based upon our likeness yep. and how common we are and how how much our pasts relate to one another and I think I do that not so much for them to like me but just so that they feel comfortable mm. with me and that they relate to me and you know we went to raves in the 90s right, or we went right. to this school or we lived in this town I'm always trying to find a commonality in people which is why I get on with people yes and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing it feels like a good thing when I'm doing it because I'm trying to find something within you where we can connect mm. and that makes me have a deeper relationship with someone whether that's a good thing or not I don't know I think so I think that's the basics of making friends mm. is early on try and establish a common something you share and then exploit it you know yeah, I, I go think, from there I, I think yeah. that's sort of the basic I don't think that's a bad thing I don't think that's necessarily being a people pleaser I think that's no. just being socially intelligent okay good right well move done. on <laughs> well done. Oh, thank you. That one. <laughs> you need praise to feel good Mm, yes, yeah, that is, comes back to that Instagram, Instagram thing a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go to great lengths to avoid conflict. We both do that, don't we? Big time. Yeah. I think I said on the last podcast that I'm not argumentative. It's probably more that I just hate arguing so much that I will just go, I agree with you, or you're right, or yeah. any way to deflect away from an argument or a conflicting situation. But again, Hamish, I don't know whether conflict ever is a good thing. Like I argue with my husband probably once a year. Yeah. It never feels good. It never solves anything. It leaves us both feeling like shit and it doesn't get anywhere. It's just True. pointless. So okay, like, well, let, well, then let's separate arguments with conflict. Okay. I think disagreeing with someone and yes. letting them know or letting them know that you upset me when you said this and I disagree, you know, if someone says something racist, yeah. I disagree with that point of view. This is why you need to change your ways. Or, yeah, okay. You know, I think, I think conflict is good. Arguments, I feel, is a loss of control. I yes. think you can have a disagreement with someone without it escalating to an argument. Okay, well, that's very true actually, yeah. So it's just you standing up for what you believe in yeah. in, a, in any social situation yes. perhaps, yeah. Uh, you don't admit when your feelings are hurt. Well, mm. I just touched on that there, yeah. For yeah. sure, I have, I have just let a lot of things go in my life that upset me. I go, ah, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt, it'll pass with time. But I guess that means you keep your relationships a little bit superficial because you're not putting your full self in there because you're not telling the truth yeah. about how you're feeling about something. And funnily enough, when somebody has said it to me, so for example, in my relationship, if Liz, she never argues with me, but if she like told me off and said, I'm disappointed with, yeah. you know, okay, I'm bad at doing the dishes. I do them often, but I do them to a low quality. Okay. And she'll pick up the hob and there'll still be bits of porridge in it. Yeah. She's like, hey, and I guess I'm really upset. She's like, why, like, why are you bad at doing this? Why are you not giving it enough thought? Like, I just have to redo it. Mm. And actually getting that level of communication, I really appreciate because okay. I would, in her situation, I'd just done the hob again, and yeah. I would, and I've done it five or six times, and I would never mention it. Okay, but I actually see. receiving it, I appreciate it. Okay, well that's good. So you're open to that level of it's not so much conflict, is it? It's more I like think it's good communication, good communication, yeah. and and understanding that you you can listen to somebody without yeah. being upset by it. Well, she has this saying, which is that you teach people how to treat you. Okay, which yeah, is true, isn't it? 
Like if yeah. you if you tell people off when they do something up that upsets you, then they adapt and understand you as a human. They get upset when I do this, and they like it when I do this. And you can mm. you can sort of knock people into shape. Yes, and I never do that. No, and I think my husband probably needs to do that to me a bit more because I don't do the washing up all the washing in our house mm -hmm. because I'm shit at it and he would rather do it because he can do it well and I can't and I'm lazy at that stuff that's a whole other topic <laughs> me being lazy <laughs> Vic today we're going to discuss Vic's laziness so next week it is people pleasing to socks uh, yeah. sock pleasing and then we'll do Liz is lazy Vic is lazy yeah, Liz is lazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't get me into we'll trouble. call it Lizzie's lazy. lazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what causes us to be like this? I found out that the main reason for people pleasing is actually low self-esteem. Okay. People who feel they're worth less than others may feel their needs are unimportant. They may advocate for themselves less or have less awareness of what they want. They may also feel that they have no purpose if they cannot help others. What do you think, Hamish? I don't know... I don't think of you as having low self-esteem. No, from, from my personal people-pleasing, it's not connected to low self-esteem. So for me, it's more, I think, weirdly, about manners. I was so drummed into me as a kid about the importance of having good manners. I think that good manners often is actually acting or saying something to please someone, even if it's not genuine. Okay, yeah. Opening a gift that was crap at Christmas and thanking them. Somebody serves you a meal and you are grateful for it, even if it's not a good meal. Or the, the best is you stay at someone's house and you come downstairs. This happened to my, to my cousin. No, something to my cousin. <laughs> he had a girlfriend for a long time who was just very honest. So they, they stayed at my uncle and aunt's house. They came yeah. downstairs. My aunt asked a question. You always ask anyone that's stayed in your house, how did you sleep last night? She went, badly. Oh. She goes, the bed is not comfortable. Oh, I love my it. My bed at home is more comfortable. Which is incredibly rude, but also... Fair enough. That's honest. He's having good manners, just lying sometimes. It is, yeah. It is, right? Sometimes Which it's just Which is basically lying. what people-pleasing is. I need to ask you a question. Go. If you went out for dinner, okay, mm. and the staff were lovely, and they were all friendly, and they were just the nicest people in the whole world, and they served you some food that was disgusting, yeah. that was off, and it was like a smelly bit of salmon and some soggy chips or something like that, for example, would you complain? No. Oh, see, I would. Even if they were horrible waiters, I don't think I would send the food back. Oh, really? I don't think I would, no. Okay, so maybe I don't people please in that situation because I, I like good food but, and I don't like being served crap food. That's an interesting one because who are you offending when you send the food back? It's the chef or the kitchen staff. You don't even meet. You don't yeah. even see them often. It's an and English thing again. I don't, I don't again. upset them. Yeah. You don't even know what they are. You don't know what they look like, what kind of people they are, yeah. whether or not they put in any effort with the food. They might be a horrible person. Yeah. I used to go out, whenever we were kids, we, used to, we were lucky enough to go out for dinner all the time. We went, you know, and went to nice restaurants and things. And they used to complain every single time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And me and my sister would be like hiding under the table yeah. and we yeah. were so embarrassed. But I find myself doing that now. Mm. So that's I'm not very people pleasing in that respect. Funnily no, enough, the one thing we've discovered the very one thing I'm not people well, pleasing about. So I, I, we never went out for meals when I was kid. My dad's deaf, yes. so restaurants are a nightmare for him. Oh yeah, too anything. much background noise. So we never noise. ever ever went. Mm. So I've never seen people complain about food. I don't so think your I dad. They're not complainers. Your oh, parents. No, they're no. They're oh, not, well, actually, they? no. My mum doesn't mind a bit of conflict. Okay, which makes me die inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If she can, you know, she, if if there's a long line at an airport, yeah. she'll let the staff know. And I literally just crumble inside. I, yeah. can't, I can't even. I can't even make eye contact. Yeah. And that is because you're a people pleaser. You don't want to be people see people offended by you or by a parent. Yeah. True. It's, all, it's happened throughout our lives. It's so interesting. Another way that I think, or maybe like the the birth of my people pleasing ways, might have been through going to a boarding school. So I was sent away to boarding school. I was when I was nine. I was ten. And this is not a boarding school is bad story because I had a wonderful time at boarding school. It happened to work for me. It doesn't work for lots of people, but for me, I, I thrived and I loved it. But one of the things about going to a boarding school from a very young age is you have to live with people in close proximity that you don't get on with necessarily, mm. which never really happens the rest of your life. You typically choose housemates that you get along with. You might be in a house share of people that you don't know, but typically we choose our housemates and you have to get on with people that you live it could be sharing a bunk bed with. Um, so I think that the ability to just not rock the boat yeah. and try and get on with everyone and be likeable and agreeable might have been born 
out of going to boarding school from a young age. But I think that is an asset to you because it means that you get on with many people. And that's what I saw in you when I first met you. Like your people-pleasing ways to me comes across as you being a friendly guy Mm. and somebody that doesn't have conflict and that is confident and that gets on well with everybody. And that is an asset. Like that has taught you to be socially capable but it's interesting that you look at my people-pleasing ways as a good thing, but you look at your own as a negative thing. I know. It's the same thing. Oh, we love, le- I'm learning. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully I'm going to come out of this and be like a, a skip out just of the door. Rude. I hope you're just rude after this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just tell the staff here to What, do you want to be my mate? <laughs> fuck off. Key my car mates. on the way out. Yeah, I've got enough <laughs> fucking mates. keep the cars slam the doors I'm going to go and ruin the toilets in a minute pull the toilet roll over the floor be like a riot no more people pleasing we're going to get banned from this studio forever (laughs) knocking drinks over yeah become nasty what about you what do you reckon was the cause of your low self-esteem or if it was that or your people pleasing ways I definitely agree with you about the English manners yeah I think I went to a a posh private school in England for Mm -hmm. a while and you know, I've told you before, we had to like balance books on yeah. our heads and learn how to fall over like Wild. a lady. So manners were drummed into us from a very, very young age. There were certain rules that we had to adhere to. We had to bow and curtsy at our headmistress. Mm. Like we were big on manners. We and my parents... do a video after this of you... See if you still have that skill. Oh, yes, we're the books. We're going to put some books. Yeah, yeah okay. we're going to do yeah, that. We could do that. That's good. I would say it's unlikely. and I might break my hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think manners is something that definitely comes into mm-hmm. it. I just want people to be happy with the way that I act. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some childhood stuff comes into play a little bit as well. People pleasing because being a little bit bullied at school and not fitting in. Mm-hmm. I think that plays a part. I think wanting to prove to parents that we're successful, that comes into everyone's lives. We want to please right. our parents. Um, so that is an, an aspect of people pleasing, even if it is someone that you're related to. I did think that my parents might be disappointed in me if I wasn't as fun as them. So, And that continues throughout my life now, whereas I worry my parents in sobriety yeah. think I'm probably a bit boring and I don't really know how to have fun anymore. That people-pleasing part of me feels like I'm letting them down because I'm not drinking. Don't you think, as a parent, don't give a shit if your child is successful or if they are fun in your eyes. You just want your your children to be happy. I want my child to be a good person. But whether, Mm. you know, you say, I want my parents to think I've had a successful career. Mm. As a parent, you don't care. But as a child, thinking of what your parents think of you, you do care. Yeah. I think they're from a different generation. Like my parents do care and all they want is for me to be happy mm. and that I'm loved and that I have a stable life, I'm sure. And it's just me. It's just me wanting to please them. It's yeah. nothing to do with them, I don't think. Yeah, I think I think it's me making up stories in my head about how I should be and how I thought I would be and yeah. load of old bullshit, to Probably. be honest. Probably is. That caused a preoccupation with people liking me, so that, that has repercussions. I feared people talking about me all the time. Yeah. We often think people are talking about us, yeah. but of course they've got better things to do. So rarely. So rarely do people... And Actually, if people are, it's such an unattractive trait. If ever I go hang out with someone... And they're just gossiping about friends. I'm like, oh, this is, one, a boring conversation. Yeah. Two, it makes me trust you less because I'm scared that you're going to be gossiping about oh, me when I'm not so there. so true. It's like, oh, it's such a negative, spiralling, horrible trait that someone just sits around. It makes you not people. trust people yeah. when people are gossipy. Yeah. Yeah. If people, if people comment on people's body, for example, yeah. like if I've been around someone who's mentioned that someone's weight or mentioned the way someone's looks, or I always feel really, really uncomfortable because I do not think it's right to mention mm. how people look. Yeah. Uh, even if it's good or bad, I just think, well, don't even, what does it matter what people look like to you? I think that's why also I love my group of mates that I have at the moment, like my Majimba mums, like Emily, I'll say hello, Emily, Michelle and that and people like that, because we don't talk about people. It's almost like an unwritten rule that we've had. Like occasionally we might vent alone to each other, but nothing bitchy. I think that's a nice group of friends to have is when you don't have to sit around. And it's kind of a trend, isn't it? Like a cultural trend for women to sit around and gossip yeah. about people. Well, I think the reason why is because it's kind of, we talked about, you know, establishing something you've got in common with someone to become a friend. Finding like something that you both hate 
I yeah. think is the easiest way to connect. It's the laziest way to connect with people. True. So when you start a new job and you both slag off the boss. Yeah. Like it's such basic connection making. It's so low level. Yeah. And it's easy and it doesn't get any energy and you can just say negative things about someone, someone agrees, and then you form a bond. And I think yeah. it's it's just bad humaning in my eyes. Yeah. And I think we're learning as a society that being horrible about anyone, it's it's self-reflection. Exactly. It's just you pointing the finger back at yourself mm. saying, oh, they're horrible and I, I'm comparing myself. Mm-hmm. And that comes on to my next point, actually, which is about being the perfect mum. I think when you become a mum, that can affect your self-esteem because of all this comparison that goes mm. on. And why can she cope? And why has she got the best food and the best yeah. pram and the best cotton wraps hung over her shoulder all of those things yeah Yeah, and the best behaved kids all of those things and I think sometimes I try to impress other people with things that I'm not really doing like I make up things Mm. because I can't reach the expectations of others in my parenting like some people are really good parents it seems like and especially on Instagram when they're all in matching Mm. pyjamas or they're all eating out of perfect bento boxes. And it's a fake reality. People pretending to be the best parents ever and it makes other mums feel not worthy. Well, I think you're actually very good at sharing verbally in conversations and also on your social media about being, like, struggling with parenting. Yeah. I think that's something you're good at not doing. You don't paint this perfect picture of parent life. I do the exact opposite. That is my plan with my, you know, my Instagram page, which is at Drunk Mummy, Sober Mummy. Even the name, I'm saying, look, I am not fucking perfect Mm. and I struggle and I find parenting really, really hard. But again, is that sort of people pleasing by saying, look, I'm... No, I'm not letting you say that. Okay, all right. No, that's not... not No, the perfect mum point is void. You are better than that. Okay, good. So so just by reading those and kind of saying it all out loud, I realise I'm just trying to sort of impress strangers and I'm putting my happiness in the hands of others, which isn't a good idea, is it? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. It's going to be a real huge realisation this podcast today. isn't it? Yeah. That is basically it, people pleasing. Yeah. Trying to impress strangers. Yeah. Your friends and love, your friends and family love you. Yeah. People who are like still making up their minds or don't know you at all. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. What people that I call on Facebook that I've never met before. Yeah. Why do I let that affect me though, Hamish? Why do I let that affect me? I'm going to ask you, what do I do? How do I stop that? That is not a people pleasing question. No. That is, yeah, why? Soul searching. It's more, yeah, it's, it's a, I think that's a bigger question than people pleasing. Yeah. Why the emotions of complete strangers affect me. I think the, it's a you know, therapy, weeks of therapy. It could be, yeah. yeah. Well, seriously, yeah, it could be. How could to be. not let the thoughts and opinions of others that you don't know infiltrate your happiness. That is what happiness is, isn't it? Yeah. Is, is so much of it comes back to not caring what strangers think. And I think also that is what sobriety is, mm-hmm. is because we spend our lives trying to fit in, trying to be socially acceptable, drinking through all our anxiety so that we can fit in and to be liked by others. And I think in sobriety, I know I'm talking about all of these things here today because uh, of course, with this podcast, something that we want to do, aside from people-pleasing, is to help people. Mm. And I'm being honest about my people-pleasing ways because I think it's important to be open and share this so that other people can understand that perhaps there isn't anything too wrong with it mm-hmm. as long as it's not detrimental to you and that you can stop it and you can change it, and which I will hopefully do. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm everyone really, has an element of it. Yeah. As humans, we are like designed to get on with people like that. That's how we survive mm. is by having a network of people around us. Yeah. So I think caring what other people think is always going to be a factor in everyone's life. It's just how much you let it take over your life. We found out what it is and what causes it. Now let's see how we can break free from this people pleasery. Exactly. That's what I want to find out. While it's important to impress certain people like your boss or your girlfriend or even the person you're doing a crossword with, you can still be agreeable without giving yourself away. Here is my lesson, Hamish, right here. It's all about those boundaries. Knowing when you're doing something that makes someone happy rather than yourself, Vic, and knowing when you are being subservient. You'll never reach your greatest potential if you're trying to be all things to all people. I watched this brilliant documentary recently called Everybody's Everything. Okay. It was about Lil Peep, L-I-L-P-E-E-P, who was an emo rapper, sort of mumble rap. Okay. You know I love a bit of mumble rap, sure, Hamish. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's on Netflix. I highly recommend it. And it's about this young guy who's brilliantly musically gifted from a very young age and he becomes quite successful quite quickly. And with that, he's trying to keep all of his mates happy and drugs get involved and he's giving his friends drugs, his friends are giving him drugs mm. and, and his people pleasing gets completely out of control, which is why it's got that title. And it ends in his demise, which is extremely sad because he's a hugely talented young chap. I really recommend watching that. I'd love to hear your opinions on it on, yeah. on the Cupper community because it's not only a documentary about the, the downside of fame, it's about how trying to make other people happy can actually affect you. I know I'm much better at dealing with people pleasing since I got sober, but of course it does rear its ugly head at times and I do find it quite perturbing. It's interesting actually because I think being sober in a way is not people pleasing. Much easier in life to drink because all your friends do it and you just, you know, you're not rocking the boat. Yeah. Going sober is, is the opposite of that. It's standing out from the crowd. It's doing, most of your friends still want you to drink. Oh, come on, just come mm. out with this. You're more fun when you're drinking and all that bollocks. And then going sober sort of going, no, screw you, I'm doing my own thing. I'm wondering whether my people pleasing might be hormonal. Like I is think it there's just certain, happening once a month. I think there's certain times where okay. I'm more people pleasy than others because most of the time I feel like a sober rock star, Hamish, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yes, I'm doing something that's against the grain. I don't care what anyone thinks about me. This is the best thing that I can be doing for myself, and I'm very confident in it. But then there's other times where I feel very vulnerable, and come to think of it, I do think it could possibly be a sort of hormonal thing where I put myself in situations where my my heart is more easily damaged. Yeah. And that often is where my brain is when I, yeah, when I, when I'm going to have a period or something. Sure. Sorry to talk about periods. Nah, that's all good. That's all good. Well, I guess that's important. You know, if, if you do know, hey, it's this time of the month when I feel this way, then you can act around it. You know, go, okay, this yeah. is just my hormones. This is not my normal thought process. Yes, yeah, so always put your dates in your diaries, people. I do need to do that a bit more. It's a female thing. Like to know where, when your period is coming is a really good thing. I'll put, Sorry, your, gents. I'll put your dates in my diary too, so I know. <laughs> I Ignore that text. Ignore that one. I think that's a, probably a very good idea. <laughs> dear, oh dear, that's so funny. Yeah, hormones as can affect mental health and, of course, people-pleasing can as well. Mm. It's tiring worrying about what people think. I am going away on holiday, Hamish. Yes. I'm going to go away for six weeks. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm going to do while I'm there is that I'm actually leaving my phone behind. Yes. Because one of the things I get very weird about is numbers on Instagram, which we've mentioned mm -hmm. earlier. And actually Happy Without the Hooch did a good post about this yesterday, about saying how it's almost like another addiction and that you need a hit all the time. Mm -hmm. And the numbers are the hit. And if you don't get the hit, then you've got to create more content. And I think this is a cycle that a lot of people will be it in. It is. It's still dopamine. That's it's what you're getting dopamine, from yeah. social media, which you also get from booze. Yeah. It's a very, very similar thing. And I feel like, like alcohol, I feel like I need to give it up for a bit just to prove mm -hmm. to myself that I can do it. And I think that is going to be a good part of my people pleasing lesson here is that I'm going to be able to do something that frees me a little bit from the pressure, the social pressure that I feel quite a lot. Because when you have an Instagram account that's popular, you feel responsible and that you feel like you have to give people the information they want because they followed you. And it's like this really fucked up cycle. Yeah. Like you feel like you have to do something for people that you've never, eight or 10,000 people you've never met before who probably just scroll past you anyway. It's very weird. Well, that came up when, when you and I went and did our holotropic breath work you came up to me at the end and went god you know i've realized my focus is always on i need to do this x amount of posts or we need to keep in touch with the couple members or whatever it is and i'm neglecting spending quality time with my family and i feel like that day you were like very black and white about it and mm. that was probably two or three months ago yeah and then you find yourself falling back into old yeah. habits and now it's like right six week holiday no phone yeah so it's sort of a cycle, isn't it? When it's, you find it's a rock bottom. Into it. yeah. It's a rock bottom like with alcohol. It's like, I cannot do this anymore. And what it is, it's my people-pleasing ways, taking responsibility for people I don't know, which mm. I shouldn't do. There's, I can't save people. I can't make people better. But I feel like my posts, I feel like, well, maybe that might help yeah. one person. So therefore I continue doing it. But I've realised now it's affecting me a bit negatively and it's kind of depleting me of some of the things like in my family, like mm. we talked about yesterday I went to Hamish's house where we had a meeting and it was my daughter's birthday yeah. so in that situation our meeting took priority over me going out for dinner with my kids that night yeah. which well, is wrong this has happened to both I think even we just realized 
five minutes before we started recording this podcast, that the podcast itself is a people pleaser thing for us. Yeah. You know, we spend more money on it than we make. Yeah. And in terms of the time we put in, Vic missed her daughter's birthday evening. Um, you know, I do a day a week when I don't do my actual job that earns me money. Yeah. And I instead do this, which doesn't. Um, and we, we know that it's doing a good thing. We know that it's the right thing to do and it's helping people. But you don't think of what it's taking away from you, which is your daughter's seventh birthday party. So even the podcast itself, which is very meta on a podcast about people pleasing, the podcast yes. itself is the people pleasing thing. <laughs> yeah. Even this is an aspect of people pleasing. I mean, Hamish and I would do this podcast no matter what, but like we recognise, like this is, we love to delve into this stuff because mm. it helps us recognise some of our wily ways, doesn't it, Hamish? Yeah, yeah. It makes me realise that I do need to have six weeks off. I need to have a total time out. I'm not taking my phone. The kids aren't allowed any devices. Mm. I've actually borrowed a digital camera off someone so that I don't cool. even have to take photos on my phone because I know that will lead me into looking at stuff. So I'm just going to have six weeks of Beach action, family time, and regenerate. How are you feeling about it? Are you excited about that six weeks off, or do you have elements of nerves or anxiety about the fact you're not going to be doing the posts and worrying no. about Cuppa? And- no, I, ha- I have scheduled some posts while yeah. I'm away mm-hmm. so that I, you know, whatever, if people want something, there it is. Mm-hmm. But I am absolutely looking forward to it. 100%. And do you think you will enjoy it for the duration of the six weeks? And yeah. Any days you're like, oh, no, I'm just, I'm giving it over. I'm giving it up. Awesome. I'm giving it up for six weeks and I'm looking forward to it and I need to do it. I know I need to do it. It's breaking a chain, which is just getting too heavy. It's too much of a burden on me I'm trying to look after all these yeah. people all the time. So I need to break we it. We will have this conversation after the six weeks and touch base and see how yep. it went for you. Yeah. It might completely change the way you go about social media and cover and all that forever. Hopefully. I think, Hamish, it will be the next episode, actually. Yeah, it will be. Yeah, it'll be the next episode when I'm back. So it might seem like I've been gone for a week, but I'll actually be gone for six weeks. So yes. We're magic like that. We we're like are. magic elves, aren't we? <laughs> so, yeah, it's so interesting how it affects our lives if we really look deeply at this topic. It's huge. One of the best ways to change a behaviour is to take time out and reassess like Vic is doing, a bit like we're doing here, and take small steps into reframing your habits. Start by getting out of the people-pleasing practices by saying no to something small. Express your opinion about something simple or take a stand for something you believe in. Each step you take will help you gain more confidence in your ability to be yourself. Now, we reached out to some Kappa members to ask them about their people-pleasing ways, and you all got in touch with some amazing answers. So we've got quite a few, and we'll take it in turns going through these. you want to take the first one? Yeah, so Danielle, she said, doing behaviours that are not in my values to make someone else feel better. Yeah. Well, that sums it up, That's doesn't it. it? That is it. Anna, she said, when someone does something shitty, I go out of the way to make them feel better about it. I think it's a defence mechanism. It's exhausting. Gosh, it is exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I hear you, Anna. Mel says, constantly saying sorry, even when it's not my fault. She's got to be British. Yep. (laughs) Um, Rachel, considering a drink so that I make someone else feel more comfortable about their drinking. Madness. Gosh, I used to drink. Yeah, I used to drink for other people sometimes. Because they wanted to party, even though I didn't. I thought, well, I'll make them happy by carrying on and joining in, even if I was hungover or anything. It does come back to drinking a lot of the time. Sarah said, I'm a wee bit confused. Because I also predominantly text back straight away <laughs> as and when I see the message because my phone is permanently on silent and I'm always on time. But isn't that just basic courtesy rather than people yes. pleasing? That's what we hope we've covered that this episode. We've talked a lot about manners. Miranda, I want everyone to like me and struggle with people not liking me. Gosh, yeah. So I mean, hard to make everyone like you. It is. It is. We've got task. to accept that we can't make everyone happy and that not everyone's going to like you. Yeah. Yeah. Daisy says, caving in arguments to allow the opposer to get the win. Yes, Daisy. Yes, because of my low self-esteem. Nathan, probably by volunteering to do complicated or lengthy projects for people before or even if they haven't asked. Yes. By the end of the project, I'm resenting them for accepting my offer. That's you <laughs> That's again, again, isn't it? Yeah. yeah getting involved in some big thing by just yeah. going, oh, yeah, I'll put my hand up for that. I'll yeah. help you out. Yeah. And then it just becomes this huge thing and you hate everybody. You don't think about what it takes away from. Yeah. Think, oh, yeah, I'll do the extra work. You don't think, no. oh, that's an hour less a day with my family. Or, yeah. I can't do the cooking or the cleaning or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Last but not least, Bridge says ego, insecurity, 
overcompensating for deep, vast disappointment in myself. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a little. Gosh, so they're great comments. Thanks, people. I just want to recommend if you are struggling with any form of alcohol misuse or just questioning your intake, go to www.cuppa.community because that's where we hang out, isn't it, Hamish? Yes. That is the Sober Awkward community and go on there and you can even get some cuppa teas, which is at the cuppa shop on there. So I've made some teas for sober people. So go on and buy them. So from everything that we have discussed, it feels like people-pleasing stems from a basic lack of self-esteem. I feel sad admitting on this podcast that this is something that I suffer from, but I'm just trying to be honest. I think sometimes people hope that everything gets better when you stop drinking, and most of it does. But I must say, it also reveals a lot. I mean, I would never look into this, Hamish, would I? I would never be discussing this if I wasn't sober. I would just be continuing being a people pleaser, whereas at least now I've got some form of self-reflection. It means there's always work to be done personality idiosyncrasies that I am trying to fix. I find it confronting but actually really rewarding as I have more understanding of myself and that helps me to be more happy. I'm just trying to find contentment here. Mm -hmm. It means I can help others, Hamish. Oh, wait. Oh, God. Now you've fallen into the trap. Do not try and help others. No, no, I've got to not try and help others. I'm doing it yourself. I'm doing it again. Oh, my God. Sorry. Okay. I'm doing it for myself, Hamish. That's it. Well done. Thank you. So, what are some quick and easy things we can all do today to help with our self esteem and our people pleasing? Okay. Number one, stop comparing yourself to others. A simple simple change that would make such a difference. Easier said than done, but give it a go. Stop belittling yourself. Use positive self-affirmations to build your self-esteem. Surround yourself with positive, supportive people. Dwell on your positive qualities. Give back. Oh, I love that one, Hamish. Yeah, that is always a nice Because that's giving like something... Oh, again, it's helping people though, isn't it? Mm, yes, but that's not always a bad thing. Yes. You're not doing it to be a people pleaser. You're, oh, you're doing it because it's the right thing. And mm. it also makes you feel good. And then you can go, hey, I gave out soup at the yeah. homeless shelter today. Look at me. I know you'd do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not my soup. I'm a terrible cook. Oh, yeah. Don't have Hamish's soup. <laughs> they turn it back. Yeah. The homeless shelter go, nah, not, not this. That, not that hungry. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> um, pay attention to self-care. And number eight, which I think is probably the most important one, which is... Uh, I will admit that I probably need to do on this topic is to get some therapy. So Hamish, do you think there are some good things about being a people pleaser? Really? So I do think it is good as long as it doesn't get to the point where it's a detriment to yourself. Yeah. For you, I think it's made you popular. You know, it's, it's may, it might have caused you some personal battles, but you know, at your party that we talked about earlier, I was looking around to see where you were because I knew that you would be fun to hang out with. Yeah, uh, that is what you be. I was avoiding you. Yeah, that's why I never found you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why you were hiding I was in the hiding. box. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was in that box. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's made you popular. It's made you likable. That mm. is why people are drawn to you is because you're lovely. You know. So I think mm. yes, th- that loveliness and popularity has come at a cost, which I guess is what you need to work on. Is is yeah. how do you not spend the cost if that makes sense but how do you absorb the good like I tend to absorb like the negative comments instead of like I get so many fantastic comments so many fantastic updates from people and people that have changed their lives all because of this podcast and the blog and everything else and like for some reason I just can't absorb all of that true yeah you talked about the 12 people didn't turn up to your party the three people that unfollowed today yeah there might have been 10 that followed yesterday and that didn't hit home Am I making myself sound like a bit of a wimp? No, because everyone's like that. Okay, I good. Think, I think loads of people will, will be able to relate to that. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, my, my point is that people-pleasing has its positives, but low self-esteem doesn't. So if the low self-esteem is causing the people-pleasing, there's a problem. The people-pleasing itself can be positive. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. And I definitely agree with the um, the manners thing, Hamish, going back to that. I do mm. think our, our English manners do have a big part to play always worrying that I'm doing the right thing I think I need to learn not to beat myself up so much and know that I'm always trying to do the right things for the right reasons yeah. even when it is detrimental to me 
Oh, it's confusing, isn't it, Hamish? It seems not everything turns to gold when you get sober, which of course we all know it's not all bloody farting rainbows and glittery unicorns straight away. The first step is getting rid of the booze. Then as the ethanol wears off your skin, other issues that you have numbed out rise to the surface and you have to investigate why you are how you are. Yeah. Doing that personal work is the best bit of being sober, for me at least. Okay. Instead of finding this act of delving deeper into your own behaviour, self-indulgent or a bit wanky, think about how you becoming more content with yourself and feeling less in need of pleasing others will play out throughout your life. It will make you more confident and more sure of yourself, and it means everyone around you sees your low self-esteem disappear. That's one thing that sobriety gives you the ability to change and grow. You now have time to find out why you act in certain ways, be it a people pleaser, an introvert, or someone that smiles like a Cheshire cat all the time, like Hamish. Yeah, well, don't always believe the smiley face and holiday pics, though, folks. Check in a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, I was believing your smiley face. You're not happy all the time, Hamish. Miserable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had heard that. (laughs) We went to clown school. This is a drawn-on smile. You should be able to see through that. I'm so glad that we've done this episode today. It gives me so much food for thought and helps me understand that I'm wasting too much time worrying about stuff I simply can't control or can't even know. It's so draining. It's like a total depletion of my energy, energy that I could be using to have fun with my kids. And I'm going to try and be a bit kinder to myself before I do that for others. We know that these things are easier said than done. Not caring what people think is not a switch that can be flicked on and off. But the first step is understanding if you are a people pleaser and why that might be. Once you've identified it as a problem, you are infinitely better placed to start the process of working on it. So at least we're working on these things. Like yes. that's, the in, that's the point here. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do or where you come from or how you are inside and the way you act. The fact is, is when you get sober, you can look at those things. Mm-hmm. Like I would never have ever looked at those things before. I just would have gotten with my life. I'm a drinker. I'm a people pleaser. I'm this, I'm that. And I would have just gone through my life never, ever evolving and changing. Yeah. And that's what sobriety gives you is the opportunity to look inwards and go, right, actually, I'm not sure why I do that. And I can see why I do that. And that's not working for me anymore. And I'm going to do something about it. And none of these are easy to fix fast. You know, it's going to take time, but enjoy that process of getting better tomorrow than you were today at it. I think that's where you've got to try and not beat yourself up if if this isn't suddenly, oh, no, I don't care about what my Instagram followers or whatever it might be for you. And also, as you said earlier, like me starting to be horrible now, (laughs) that's going to be my new thing. That's the goal. But like, there is a sense here that you do have to be nice to people Mm -hmm. and kind to people to get through life without too many conflicts. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's what we're just trying to do. We're just trying to get through. We're just trying to get through every day with as little commotion as possible. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, Without arguments, we just want to have a nice time. And I find sometimes that me just being kind to people and being friendly, even if it's to my own detriment, is sometimes an an often better way to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, we always like to end these episodes with quotes and Vic, you had a lot of fun finding these because you found loads of them. And they're all good. They're all so good that I had to write them all good. down. Yeah. And you've got a little surprise for us at the end. Not really a surprise. You're going to reveal yourself at the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're going on a lot about this today. You shouldn't have brought it up. I'm you want me to reveal yourself. You I, I, what do you want me to reveal? My toe? Yeah, yeah your knees are out already and it's too much for me. <laughs> Oh, he's an ankle man. That's what my, my grand used to say. Oh, he's an ankle man. He likes seeing a girl's ankles. <laughs> Show him a bit of ankle. <laughs> Here's one by Ed Sheeran, who yes. I think I went out with, but I've realised it was 20 years too late. Could have been any, any ginger man. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. Yes, he would know. He knows. You wouldn't worry so much about what others think of you if you realise how seldom they do. That's Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. Also very good. Yeah, it's kind of like a self-obsession when we think, God, they must be thinking about me and hating me. It's yeah, like, it's why? very egotistical Very to think egotistical. people are talking about you. Maybe I'm just an egotist. When you say yes to others, make sure you aren't saying no to yourself by Paulo Coelho. Nice. Lao Tzu said, I think we've used Lao Tzu before. Yes, we yes. Have- Care about what other people think and you will always be their prisoner. Oh, I love that one. Very nice. If you try to please all, you please none. And where's that one from? 
Oh, Aesop again. <laughs> is it Aesop the shop? No, I think it's Aesop. No, that's... No, no. I was hoping it was going to be like a... No, it's Aesop's Fables. Oh, damn. When you wrote that, I was like, Gosh, oh, you're such a millennial. It must have been like on the outside of a shop when it was... <laughs> I got some hand moisturiser and I read this beautiful thing and I thought I'd put it in the podcast. That's where I thought that came from. Damn. From a perfume bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, scrap those, Hamish. I'm going to share with you my favourite quote of all time, which I'm sure I've done on okay. this podcast already, which is what I'm thinking about getting a tattoo of. Okay. While I'm in Thailand, but my husband won't let me hang tattoos. Your neck? Yeah. Your ankle? <laughs> Don't cover your ankles. Leave those open. Oh, you like <laughs> this? He's an ankle man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, who said it? I'm going to say Jerry Halliwell. <laughs> H from Steps. No. no David. Not Craig David. Okay, who's it? Bob Marley, of course, my Mm. favourite. It's a lyric from Redemption Song, and I think it might help those people pleasers out there. And this is something I need to learn too, Hamish, which is why I need it tattooed on me so I can look at it all the time. None but ourselves can free our minds. Yeah, Yeah. nice. So it's true. It's very true. Like, it's only me that's going to be able to cure this symptom, Mm -hmm. isn't it, if I get the help, the right help to go look this is what I'm doing and I need to change it. So it's only me that's going to be able to free my mind of this. Yeah. And my mind is too occupied by this bullshit. So I'm going to try better. And that's why I'm having six weeks off to go and recalibrate and work out what's important. Because thinking about what others, what is in someone else's brain that you don't know and will never find out is a fucking waste of energy. So don't do it. Bob Marley would not have had a mobile phone. Oh my God, he would not have had a mobile phone and he would have not cared about what anybody thought about him. Yeah. Well, enjoy your trip. Thank you, Hamish. Don't don't text me, because then I'll know you failed. (laughs) I will not be texting you, I promise. (laughs) Please don't call. Don't send me photos. Don't want to hear from you. Enjoy your trip. But really, Hamish, don't text me, okay? (laughs) Generally, before or after the trip, just just leave it out. This is it. (laughs) (laughs) No more people pleasing you. I'm done. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Fix got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it?